0: so we keep on keeping
1: on.
0: Hey, little humans. I'm Norma Jean, and welcome to Stay Wild, the podcast about how to keep your quirks in the wondrous world. This is episode number 21, and today we're talking to Anna Bucciarelli. Anna is an Instagram friend of mine from way back in the day when I first started my cartoons, and she has a really beautiful creative artistic journey of success that's not typical, but fabulous. And so I'm so excited she's coming on the show to share her insight. As usual, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review in the iTunes or Apple podcast store. You can hear us on Stitcher or SoundCloud, and please share with all your friends. If you are coming to Bali, we've been that inspiration to get you here. Come for Bali Spirit Festival, April 2nd through 8th, and use the code STAYWILD for the five-day spirit pass or Stay Wild Abundance for the Abundance Full Enchilada Pass to get that full experience, fully abundant. So hopefully those discounts will help bring you over. And uh, I can't wait to get you guys on today's show. I'm so excited, and uh, here we go. All right, little humans, we're here today with Anna Bucciarelli. Hi, Anna. Hello. Hello. Anna is a freelance illustrator based in Toronto, and I've been following her work since I pretty much got on Instagram. I'm kind of obsessed. It's, there are these beautiful watercolor,
2: are they paintings? Watercolor paintings? Watercolor paintings, gouache paintings, yeah. Yeah. And this, I mostly paint is, on paper.
0: Yeah. And it's just this beautiful, feminine, colorful, very lush style. And so we've been Insta friends for like three years and I wanted to have Anna come on the podcast and talk about her artistic journey because your account has gotten some notoriety and you've been doing some really amazing things as an artist. So, um, tell us a little bit about, first of all, for those of, for those little humans who are listening, who aren't familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about your work, the influences behind it and how you got started watercolor painting.
2: Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Um, well, I, uh, I started, uh, painting actually when I was a child. And, uh, I uh, mostly painted in the traditional Eastern European style called Petrikivka. Um, and then my family moved to Canada and I sort of stopped. And I stopped for uh, almost a decade, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I was doing other things. I went to business school. I did this and that. And then something happened when I was um, in my late 20s. And I remember sitting in the office and just sort of getting ideas mm. and thinking, this would be nice. I think I need to paint this. And then seeing maybe you know some colors outside and starting to almost come up with compositions in my head. And then I thought maybe I should go and buy some paints. I haven't done this in a while. And so I did, you know, a little bit of uh, watercolor, sort of, I was doing it on my own by myself in my kitchen. Um, and then, As you do, uh, yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, my my husband said, well, why don't you um, put up a portfolio and, you know, share your art? And I was so shy. And I think that, that kind of happens to a lot of artists. They, you know... We're shy. We're kind of protective uh, yeah. of the work we do. And, yeah, because it's uh, really a vulnerable moment, know, right? You're you're putting something it, out there that's not already there. Exactly. Uh, and, you you know, we might be afraid of uh, the reaction that you might get. And so, you know, I kind of worked up the courage to do it. And I, I started sharing my work uh, at first. Um, on Instagram and uh, eventually on um, the platform called Behance, it's owned by Adobe now. And uh, something wonderful happened, and I, I will never forget. I, I got approached by a creative director. Oh, wow. From a very, very big agency saying, um, you know, we want you to illustrate something. We like your style. And uh, Norma Jean, I I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a prank. (laughs) Um, It turned out to be... (laughs) Isn't that funny? A lot of the time when
0: success comes around, it's like, oh... No, wait, what?
2: <laughs> yeah, who? Me? Little me? But uh, I, I remember, you know, I, I worked at a hospital. I remember calling my husband uh, during lunch hour saying, I think this is a joke, but if it's not, this is the coolest thing that ever happened. So, you know, I, I, I did my test. And it ended up being a very big um, North American campaign. And uh, I think that sort of gave me even more courage to to explore and to do more because it, it showed me that, okay, there's not just um, value for me in it because I sort of treated my art as a way to relax and maybe, you know, unwind and, and kind of just explore my ideas to thinking, you know, there's actually value in it and, and, and you know, People like it, and and it, there's some use for it, and so I started sharing more on Instagram, and that was sort of the second um, wave. Wave, yeah, because I think Instagram offers such a wonderful uh, opportunity to kind of, you know, not only share your final vision for for a painting or whatever it may be, a sculpture, a work of art, but uh, kind of the process work itself.
1: Absolutely, and I found that
2: people get a lot of you know, attention for uh, sharing exactly how they do what they do, and so um, yeah, you, you have know, great you stop motion that.
0: videos. You have, that, and what, what's great, I think, about social media these days not specifically Instagram, I mean, Instagram definitely, but I think a lot of social media is you get to see the process behind it. Right. And for a lot of artists, a lot of the value, you know, like monetary value or, or the the value of that work is it's a process, you know, it takes time. And your I mean, your paintings specifically are very delicate. Um And, you know, there's lots of different colors and lots of shapes and, you know, you do a lot of florals and a lot of animals and it's, you know, they're very intricate and they have a lot going on. And so if you just see it, you know, in the land of digital, it kind of feels a lot of the time like, oh, well, you know, what's that? And you don't see mm-hmm. how long it takes and the process and really how slow
2: and kind of meditative it is you got it like that's exactly it i get uh, so many comments from people saying you know it's really relaxing to watch they are um, i do love, <laughs> totally love those and videos it, it makes me so happy to hear that because usually again when we create well usually uh, sometimes at least uh, from you know the, the artists that i've met uh, throughout my life uh, you kind of do it uh, it's it's a very solitary pursuit, right? You you, you you, know, you're at night if you're, I'm a mom, so I, most of the time I paint at night, it's dark. I have my lamp and my music and, you know, I create something. Um, nobody sees it, but these days it's just, it's, uh, it's amazing that you can record it and share it with the world. And so that kind of opened up a whole, you know, world of opportunities for me and Being, you know, again, being at home, uh, you don't always meet a lot of people who are who may be into your art, but uh, sharing it. Yeah, it's it's uh, so interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, art is such a personal thing, right? I mean, for me, because I do a couple of different, a couple different things. So when I perform music, you see the look on people's faces, right? Like <laughs> They're right in front of you. <laughs> you know if they're it's happy lying, or not. Exactly. Yeah, which is, it's more pressure, but it's also more gratifying in a lot of ways. But with, I mean, you know, I have mm-hmm. my own cartoon practice. It's not really fine art, it's more inspirational. That's how I found you. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) yeah, But you know, for my, for my own cartoons, you know, you don't like people comment occasionally about how they like it or how it made them feel or, but you don't get that kind of
2: um, gratification in the same way. So it's really interesting. and, And to add to that, Oh, sorry no 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 <laughs> no, no please uh um in addition to the you know the, the gratifying factor of it it's also a wonderful way to um get new ideas i often you know post questions to my followers and i ask them you know what would you like to see i'm illustrating for example right now i'm illustrating a series of fairy tales you know what are the ones that you really love and would love to see me interpret in my style and so that's just i mean that's invaluable for for any artist
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's that engagement with the community. And that's what I mean, nowadays, as a, as an artist or a creative person in the modern world, we have that ability, right, to do something that's so insular and so intimate, and that's really done on a one on one scale, um, to really engage with people while maintaining that private bubble that gives you the safety to really be vulnerable and create, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, so originally, mm-hmm. you're from the Ukraine, and you mentioned a particular kind of watercolor style. Say that again. It was like it started with a P. It sounded like
2: uh, Petrikivka. Petrikivka is how you pronounce it. Um, that- it's a it's a very old um, folk art. Uh, style and it started in a small village in ukraine um, and they actually the way it i guess it, it originated they would paint on walls of their houses, uh, just beautiful flowers, roosters, you know, different birds, yeah. and things like that. So I st- I studied it, and I think it informs a lot of the work that I do these days.
0: Absolutely, I just did a quick Google, and it's very it's it's somewhat similar. You can see how it was an influence on your style. It's very floral and ornate, and at the same time delicate and has details. I think what you do is a lot more modern but it it definitely has that intricate pattern thing that I think in the West, a lot of art doesn't really have. You know, I just came from India and Eastern Europe also has that, where there's this like pattern intricacy kind of design that is really inherent. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. It's very, uh, it it is meditative in a way. Um, You learn sort of the basic strokes and uh, you make up um, your own compositions as you go. And you start with, you know, very basic elements. And I think, you you know, I, I kind of, I took it in a, a different direction with watercolor, and I, I've seen a lot of artists take it in a completely different direction. So I think it's it, it's a it's an interesting approach, if you will, <laughs> yeah. to take something so old and ancient and reinterpret it. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's that's really the mark of of a great artist, right? You take all these influences and you are like, okay, how do I want this to work for me? How do I want to make mm-hmm. my own art? And you know, how can I take the things that I know and make them unique? So that's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. So you started out in the Ukraine, you were painting as a child, and then I want to talk about coming back to this creative practice. So for a lot of us Mm -hmm. out there, and I've interviewed a couple of people on the show about this, there's something about, you know, we were taught as a child, as a, as a youth that making art is really great, right? And we make art in class, we have it in school, it's valued. And then once we get older, right, once we hit high school or college age, it's, oh, well, that's not serious or that's not important. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few of us out there who have gone back to that and found the joy in it, I guess, in terms of a daily practice. And it sounds like when you came back to doing your watercolor,
2: you really did it just for you. At first. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a way for me to, well, there were two things involved. Number one, I found it to be extremely relaxing, like my my day job is, you know, quite stressful and uh, having kids is stressful. Um, so it's something that I did for myself. And then I realized as, as, as I was, um, you know, growing as, as an artist and then developing my ideas, I, I realized it was a wonderful way to kind of establish your identity in the world. Because every time you create something, whether, you know, it's a painting or a sculpture or a piece of music, in your case, you kind of, you, you tell the world, this is me, this is how I see, this is how I see everything. Um, you know, the way I see it is uh, in very bright colors, and uh, I see the world as a mostly happy place. You know, it's a little bit aspirational, maybe that's how I want to see my, the world around me. So it's a way to kind of um, almost speak another language, and, um, you know, for ex- especially for those of us who are quite introverted, I think it's a way to uh, communicate. In the way that's comfortable and, and safe. If yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's definitely. I don't think I've ever thought of art as a medium of communication. That's exciting, but it is. It's totally a medium of communication. There's a motorbike going by, by the way. So for everyone listening at home, <laughs> we're in the rice fields of Bali. There's dogs barking. I think my water pump went off earlier. Um, there, a motorbike just went by. So we're really bringing you here to Bali with me today. Um, it's interesting though, but with good art though, I think it's, it's absolutely, and, and good art is, is so subjective, but I think it, the The definition really of of good art for me is something that evokes an emotion, right? And so mm-hmm. communicating is really the base level of that. And you're right. It's because when you see, you know, when you hear a song, whether you know the language it's in or not, or when you see a painting or when you, yeah, experience art, there is a form of communication. And the person
2: who made that is saying something to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I I think it's, uh, you know, it's a way to really establish your identity. And that piece became very important to me sort of later in life when um, I first became pregnant and had a baby, then had a second baby. You constantly tell stories to your kids, right? You explain the world to them Mm. and uh, they want to know everything about everything around them and they want to know about who you are. And then you start asking yourself a question, you know, who am I and, you know, how, how is it that, you know, I can describe myself to them? And I think for, you know, we can call it branding for the lack of a better term. Here's my business training coming into play. But, uh... <laughs> Hi,
0: kids. Here's the mom okay. brand. <laughs> yeah. Here's the Anna oh, Bucciarelli yeah, because, mom you know, brand. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally
2: get it. You know, you're saying this is uh,
0: who I am and these are our values and, you know, the world is yeah. a beautiful place and I want you to ha- see that wonder and experience it.
2: Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So that's um, the the way I communicate for the most part throughout the day is not through colors, but uh, the way I would prefer to communicate is through colors and lines and I think that's that's the kind of visual language that I, I find uh, the most is pleasing for me and uh, the most it's the word I'm looking for most true to who I am
0: The most true to who yeah absolutely absolutely and I, I love that you talk about how you know making your art has helped you establish your identity because I think for a lot of us it's not about I mean, yes, it's about what we produce, but it's about the process of it. And it's about, you know, mm-hmm. and for you, I think, you know, it's a very, I think I've had three or four other people on the podcast who, you know, trained as artists, made art when they were younger, no, no matter what the medium was, and then stopped and then said, okay, who am I? How do I want to express myself? What do I want to say? How do I want to create? And then sometime in that late twenties came out and said, okay, I'm going to just make stuff because it feels good.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what, let's explore this a little bit more because there's always that um, balance of, you know, is my art commercially viable and, you know, should I be doing this yes. or is it just something that I do for myself and, you know, has no real value to the world and, you know, should I even continue? I think, you know, this is very difficult and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that. I don't have all the answers, but, you know, there, there's so many w- different ways to approach this. Uh, when you see super successful artists uh, on, say, Instagram, you think, OK, how can I become that? Yeah, and, and think, it's intimidating. Uh, it can be intimidating. Extremely, extremely intimidating. And I think that, you know, one of the big mistakes that, uh, you know, you could potentially make is say, OK, I'm going to try to create in that style and I will become just as successful and I think that's probably not the best approach. yeah um, I think you know going back to being true to yourself and having your own language and your own way of communicating you have to establish your own style first and then it may or may not become successful but you know it has to really come from from your soul. And if with that comes commercial success, great. But if not, there's still a lot of value in in pursuing whatever, whatever artistic journey you're on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people aren't taught that or don't see examples of that or don't feel like it's valid. But it is. It's completely valid. And I think for a lot of us, I mean, you know, I think your art on Instagram is a little bit bigger than mine. Definitely. But I think, you know, for a lot of people... Myself, yourself included, a few other people I know, it's, you don't make it for the followers, you don't make it for the likes, you don't make it for the notoriety, you make it because it's an expression of who you are. And it's really about, you know, expressing yourself, saying, I'm a human being, I have feelings, I have thoughts, I have dreams, I have desires, you know, and I, I, I want to, communicate that to the world in whatever medium it comes up. And I think that the commercialization of it is always amazing, right? When you, when someone comes up to you and they like your work or they like your art or they want to commission something or it's always so gratifying and you definitely have that external confirmation that you're on the right path. But that's, you know, even for music for musicians, for visual artists, it's, it's all the same, right? You don't do it for that reason. You do it for the, for the expression. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But you have had some commercial success. So I do want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's the point I'm trying to drive across is, uh, it's there. the The success will come. I believe that if you work hard and you continue learning and try different styles and you know try different ideas. And in my case, I, I highly recommend you know communicating with your followers and asking them questions about you know what it is that that they're really drawn to and and why it is that um, they like this particular piece. Uh, success will come. And in my case, again, it kind of in retrospect sounds a little bit like it happened overnight. It sort of did, but it didn't because it, it did involve a lot of work. And you know, these day, days I work with big clients, and I am very fortunate to have my illustrations on even on the coins, silver coins that the government of Canada produces. So, oh, that's right. You know, yeah, yeah, you did. A, <laughs> you did a silver coin. Is that is is I that the several, is that a, Yeah, a one or a two dollar. Uh, so this one is a twenty dollar coin that just came out last week, and it's basically a, a, a coin that they produce every year for Christmas. Oh, like a commemorative? Um, and, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's a collector's uh, item. It's a twenty dollar silver coin with a little. A reindeer made out of uh, Murano glass and wonderful artists in Italy crafted uh, little uh, reindeers. And uh, each one of them is unique. And uh, I created uh, the illustration that sort of accompanies the the reindeer. I've done several coins for for Canada. There was one uh, called The Celebration of Love. It was a $10 coin that came out in 2016. And um, there are a couple of other projects in the works. Let's just say that
0: yeah absolutely and I think you did a collaboration with Starbucks last year as well
2: uh yeah one of the um actually that one was interesting because uh, they they found me on uh, on instagram ah. <laughs> um, i, I uh, yeah that's uh that's how it happened and that's why uh, I keep saying you know don't be don't be afraid to share uh, your art and your vision. I essentially took a red cup and I have to give credit to a friend of mine who Let me know that the the cups were blank that year, and that I should definitely try and um, design something. So I took a white marker and uh, you know put a couple of doodles together um, and posted it, and uh, got approached by Starbucks. And it was absolutely wild to to see the cup come out in I I think nine months between. The drawing and, and actually seeing it in New York in Times Square, the, you know, we came to New York to to witness the launch of uh, of, of the Red Cups, and just seeing your your drawing on the big billboard in Times Square that was probably one of the wildest uh, experiences I've had. So uh, yeah, that's again, pretty um, up there you know, I mean, the... for for
0: anyone for anything, right? <laughs> like whether it's whether it's like a musical theater performer, right, and having a Broadway poster or fashion or music or you know. Visual art, really having a billboard in Times Square is kind of like the biggest, you know, it's the biggest kind of like sign in a city that you can, that you can,
2: it was, it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's kind of, that'll, that'll definitely make your year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and you've also been featured on, I think the Instagram official account as well. Right.
2: That's another thing that um, I think, you know, <laughs> was an unforgettable experience to get a message from from Instagram saying, you know, we want to feature one of your watercolor process videos. And uh, they did. And I think obviously a lot of people found me through that post. Um, and it was just uh, wonderful to make a connection with, with so many people from around the world who said, wow, you know, we really like what you do. And uh, uh, yeah, it just uh, makes you want to keep going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. A lot of people have that hesitation. You know, they have that fear about putting the art out because you're vulnerable. right? (laughs) You know, you're in a very vulnerable space. You're like, hey, guys, I made this. And, you know, when you're talking about making art for yourself or making art, you know, that that is going to be publicly received. There's, there's definitely a moment and I call it, I have a term for it, right? Where you, you create something and then you go to, you know, your inner circle, your friends and your family and you're like, okay guys, I made this thing. Now, is it like in kindergarten where I made a picture with, you know, and I, and I pasted some stuff on, but I like ate the paste as well. And so I'm like, is this, (laughs) so I call it, I'm like, is this paste eater art? Is this paste eater art or is it real art? And a lot of the time, you know, no one's ever said it's paste eater art. Let's be honest. But, which I think either is accurate or polite. Not sure. But there's, you know, there's something to be said where does it matter? It's an expression. Put it out there. And I think Kevin Smith said a while back that, you know, people are so hard on artists, but what's, what's the harm in supporting someone's art? Ever? Who, like, how has that ever negatively affected the planet in any way by supporting someone's art? And so I think for a
2: lot of people, yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you think like, and when you're an artist, you're literally like, Oh, but who's going to like it? And what if I put it out there? And what if, you know, there's this big, you know, looming, what if, um, and then on the other side of that is the feeling of accomplishment, right? Whether it's, whether it's well-received or not, you put it out there, right? You had your say, you communicated, Whatever it is you were going to communicate, your story, your thought, your feeling, your, you know, empowered moment, whatever it was. And and when you think about it, right, when you actually are, when you think about it logically, you're like, oh, no, I, I don't know of a lot of artists who were particularly discouraged, right? I mean, maybe from, you know, their family, like get a real job or whatever. But, you know, once you
2: start putting that art out there, who, like, why would people ever be mean about it? And they very rarely right. are. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the, the danger is sometimes is, I would say, thinking a little bit too logically about, about it because I hear your dog. Yeah. Uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's an example. Uh, and this is actually how I started or restarted my uh, watercolor practice. I, my idea was uh, to paint flowers with fish. And I remember thinking, oh my God, People will say this is absolutely ridiculous because you paint flowers with fish. In what world do you see, you know, orchids with, uh, you know, a fish swimming? Yeah. In between? And I remember asking my family and they're like, well, you know, that's a little bit odd, but, you know, it's quite colorful. So, you know, keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. You would not believe how many fish flower Prints I've sold. Yeah, how many commissions? <laughs> uh, five years later. And they so How many beautiful. commissions I received? Yeah, and thank so you so beautiful. much. I, I really appreciate it. But it's so scary when you first come up with an idea that you know. Again, if you if you try to apply logic to it might not make sense. And I'm sure, I, I'm absolutely sure, because I think we're all children inside. This is something that maybe gets stifled as as, uh, as we grow up. But uh, as a child, I don't think a child would ever question, you know, should I put a flower and a fish together? No, right. let's just try it. And I think that's the, the, the wonderful part of being a creative person is not being afraid and kind of, you know, not thinking about all the things that can, all the constraints and just trying things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It
2: leads to one wonderful outcomes.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're totally right. You know, I think a lot of the time we're like, oh, well, what if, what if, and, and, and shutting off the what if is really what impedes the flow. I think for me, for me personally, right. As a, as a creative person, whatever the project is, whatever the medium it is, once I, once I say, oh, well, you know, maybe that's not normal and I judge it, that's when the magic starts dying, right? Exactly. So let's keep the magic
1: going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I mean, like, we'll, we'll have some photos in the show notes and we'll put one up of the, of the fish and the flower print, but they're so beautiful, right? And you just think, oh, this is just a beautiful, colorful painting, right? And there's these beautiful, I think they're orange koi fish and pink flowers and, you know, they're, yeah. yeah, and they're really, you know, it totally makes sense when you see it, but there's a logic <laughs> that you kind of have to deny, right, as an artist. So you have to logically understand that the world is going to support you. And then you have to illogically, on the other side of it, create something that just doesn't
2: quite exist yet. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's another part of it, is that you're, you're making something that didn't exist before. And uh, to me, anyway, that's uh, probably... Um, one of the most satisfying things is that I'm able to make something that no one has ever seen. And some people might like, but uh, you know, I'm, I feel, I feel empowered when I do that. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, like as we all do, right. Whether it's, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, you know, whether it's a house you've built, whether it's a business, whether it's art, whatever it is that you've built, you've created something in the world through your own vision that wasn't here, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be here after you're gone, or maybe it won't,
2: but you brought something into the planet that's unique. precisely yeah. I think it's it's and it's the process of creation that makes us happy. I don't you know once you've finished something it's it's great to look at it and say, okay, I, I I did that, but I think you know we're happiest when we're in that process when we experience what they call flow. Yes, when you're coming up with something, and it doesn't have to be a painting; it can be, uh, as you mentioned, a house or a business. What a wonderful example! It's it's making uh, uh, making the world around us better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. um, By
2: by creating something,
0: absolutely. And what is your process, and how do you get into flow? Because for a lot of people, you know, a lot of a lot of spiritual people that I've talked to, it's also alignment, right? You know, when you're in a really calm state and everything kind of makes <clears throat> sense and clicks in. I think for artists, it's it's a very similar feeling of being in
2: flow where, where things just almost come through you. Uh, <laughs> it's a good question. You know what? I'll, I'll probably, uh, I might uh, be different in that sense from, from the majority of, well, maybe I'm not. Who knows? Uh, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts and, and you know, if you have any uh, feedback from your listeners. Um, I don't have what you call, I guess, a an environment that's calm. I have two kids under four. Um, so it's a, it's a bit crazy, let's be honest. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes I feel the urge to, to paint something and, uh, I simply don't have time. So what I found helps me is, um, this is going to sound kind of boring, but, uh, scheduling, no. So I know totally that makes sense. There will be. <laughs> yeah. There will be that time at the end of the day or maybe at the end of the week sometimes when you're having a, you know, a busy week yeah. when I will sit down and I know that that time is sacred and I'm very lucky and I have to mention this just because I think, you know, sometimes people have this idea that you you're just constantly painting and you have all the time in the world you don't and you need support from from your family, from your friends to to help you create that safe space so you know even if it's two or three hours i know that the time will be there and i have to be ready and i have to have ideas and um you know i have to have my paints ready and uh and an idea that i can work with and so i spend my day in that case you know if i'm with the kids i would be playing but also sometimes i would ask my um my older one you know do you want do you want me to uh uh, paint you something. And, you know, I do a sketch with him and I kind of explore that idea with him so that by the time I actually have, uh, you know, a quiet couple of hours, I can sit down and do a, a big painting. So I, I kind of, I grow my ideas in my head for the most part, sometimes on uh, scrap paper yeah. as I'm playing with my kids. Uh, when the time comes to paint, I'm usually um, ready in a sense that I have a fully baked idea in my head and I can just sit down and do what I need to do. Yeah. So you've kind so of it's not, gathered the it's, energy. It, it, yeah, exactly. So it's not probably not the most um, ideal situation in the sense that, I would love to have the full day to sketch and, you know, Yeah, but there
0: is no ideal situation. There's no, there's no ideal situation. I mean, (laughs) I'm in Bali, right? And we just heard the dogs barking and, you know, it's like, there's never an ideal time. And, and, and what I love is that, you know, as an artist, there's never going to be the time you have to make the time. And so, and, and I love what you said about making the most of it, because I think that that's really poignant because for a lot of us, right, you sit down and you're like, okay, now what, but that prepping in your head, right. Of, it, mm-hmm. it, that visualization I think is so important, whether it's, I mean, for music as well. Right. And I think it's important what you said, you know, sketching it out with your kid or, or scribbling it down on a piece of paper, whenever the idea comes to write it down mm-hmm. so you don't lose okay. it. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many songs I've written riding my motorbike and I haven't stopped, you know, like make a quick note or put on a voice note or whatever. Right. Cause when, when that inspiration comes, it's so important. Like maybe you can't, fully actualize it in that moment, but it's important to capture the idea.
2: Absolutely. I have so many lists, um, in my (laughs) draft, uh, email folder with just lists of things that I want to paint. And it's usually just combinations of, you know, different plants and, and sometimes fairy tales stories, or just, uh, abstract things that, uh, that I like to explore. It's so important, like you said, to, to capture it when it comes so that when you have the time, you can, you can sit down and, and uh create what you need to create. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, and I, what I think is, is, yeah, I mean, I think it's about capturing it when it comes in and making sure that you are ready, right? Like when you said, when you have that time, that time is yours. And so you make sure your paints are ready. You make sure your ideas are sharp. You make sure, you know, you're, you're sharp in that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Yeah. And where do you get a lot of that inspiration from? Because you've used a couple of different kinds of flowers. um, And I know you've done a Mm -hmm. couple of series, which were really great. So now you're doing fairy tales. I think before I saw one that you did, you did the Zodiac. Uh,
2: Yes, I did the Chinese uh, Zodiac, which is um, 12 creatures, if you will, Um, animals, um, snake, rooster. Surrounded by flowers. Yeah, I think a series is a great way to when I when I don't have uh, a lot of uh, commercial assignments, and I just want to kind of explore a particular style, Mm. I come up with an idea for a series. And I think, you know, once you're done, you usually, at least that's, that's what I've noticed. Once you're done with a series, you are kind of pushed yourself to the next level, because you are committed um, it's not, you know, a one-off kind of painting or, or sketch. You've committed to exploring an idea, and by the time you're done with number 12 or <laughs> 100, uh, whatever it may be, usually you've kind of acquired, a, a you know, a, a new, maybe not a full style, but a new approach to doing things. And so, you know, there was a, a period of almost two, a year and a half when I I did exclusively watercolors, And I did it by, um, you know, doing commissions, but also doing these series. Um, And I have a couple of more... (laughs) that a couple more ideas for for series uh, right now it's uh, fairy tales that i'm focusing on but it, w- what i'm really trying to get at is um to grow my style and i i i recently signed up with uh with an agency and a lot of their work is uh children's illustrations
1: oh, and fantastic! So,
2: um that's that's kind of what i'm trying to do uh, in my free time is uh to kind of get better at illustrating stories and i and i Um, You know, my favorite fairy tales, the fairy tales that um, some of my followers suggest, and I just, you know, pick a scene and illustrate it in my style. So it's a way for me to get better as an artist, to communicate uh, something that I really like about a particular story, and, uh, you know, to enjoy myself. And I'm hoping that uh, by the end uh, of this series, I'll, um, right now I'm working with gouache, so I'm learning a lot about, um, you know, a new medium. I'm hoping to become better uh and um you know maybe one day illustrate whole book
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: i love that and I, and i i think what you're saying about challenges and challenging yourself to evolve is so important right because there from the outside there's this perspective of like oh well this person does this and this is their thing and you know once you hit a certain level you're just there's a stagnancy right but i think what mm-hmm. is so important about the process is that it's ever evolving and when you have a when you have a project that's from start to finish right like for me, originally with my cartoons, it was just going to be a year. I was like, okay, let me just see if I can do one day for a year. And then at the end of the year, it didn't feel like it was finished. But, you know, I think there's having the the structure around it enables a certain creative freedom and creative license. It's like an extra freedom because you have that structure to keep you in place. There's an extra amount of creativity because once you know what those lines are, you can draw whatever you want in between them. But if there's no lines for, for me personally, um, and I think for some other creative people, it's harder.
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. Actually, this is, um, this is so important. And thank you for bringing it up. I think, you know, working with constraints is, uh, an amazing way to, uh, to grow. Um, whether it's, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm forcing myself to only paint on black. <laughs> okay, I, I, I decided that the, the entire series will be done on black using Gouache. And so you know once you're faced with a particular creative problem, it's it's amazing how much more flexible you become and and, and trying to find the right approach and it you know with your cartoons what, what I loved about it is that they they had a specific style, very recognizable. I first started seeing them sort of pop up in my feet and then I thought, oh, what is this? I need to read it. And then you kind of get used to it and, and, and um, get used to seeing sort of the same kind of format. And uh, I loved seeing how your style developed over time. And every single cartoon has a, you know, a distinct idea that can be explored in so many ways, but it's the, the total, like the uh, totality of them. When you, when you, when you know how, you, how the artist started and, and where they're going, it creates a beautiful story. Right and and I think you know you you, you're doing your cartoons in black and white and I think I think it's it's a great way to kind of be succinct.
0: Yeah, well, you um, know, I tell people when I meet people and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I and I say, oh, I draw cartoons. You know, they're always like, oh, I can't really draw. I'm like, no, 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 me neither. Like,
1: (laughs) oh yes, you you can. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think think everyone can draw.
2: Uh, and and, uh it's so it's so wonderful to um to be able to to see the 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 drawing and to kind of understand the idea uh right away and um some of them just speak to me like i think i left a comment the other day that i I just needed to see that particular thing that day uh and to read that thought
1: yeah yeah Um, thank you and
2: having the having the visual with it is just uh it's great
0: yeah, you know, I, I think you're right that, that freedom within constraint. So for me, it was really, um, about the, about the message, right? So I kind of, you know, the little birds just were, I, I've written a blog post on a friend's blog a while ago about this, but for me, the little birds were really things that I wished that someone else had said to me, you know, like, it's gonna be okay <laughs> and you're doing great and, you know, fuck the haters and all that stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I, I created them originally as, as ways to kind of, um, self-soothe. And so I think from there it kind of became something that that other people, you know, have resonated with. But there's there's definitely I think you're right. Yeah, and having those constraints brings evolution and growth. Yeah. And people also like this and I think uh- People also like a series, like you know, when I was looking through yours and you yeah. did the zodiac, I was like, oh, and you know, which one's going to be next? And they're so beautiful, and yeah. you know, and then everyone has the one, obviously for the zodiac particularly, everyone has one that's theirs. So there's a yeah. there's a personalization with it that's
1: it's great. So what's next for you? What's next for me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this podcast. So
0: I think when it airs, um, I'm going to be in India, which is very exciting. I haven't announced it yet. Hopefully, by the time it comes out, you'll all know I'm going to India for a month to. Do an artist residency, which is really exciting. Wow. Yeah, in Bangalore. I'm really, really excited. So I'll post more about that. But um, we're going to take a short break and then we'll come back and talk to Anna a bit more. All right. Thanks, guys. Exciting news, little humans. Today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. I make all my art, music, daily doodle cartoons, which you can see on my website. NJ Loves. That's NJ like Norma Jean Loves.com. We've also teamed up with Bali Spirit Festival. It's been mentioned a few times on the podcast and some of the guests are going to present there. Levi Banner, Nadine McNeil, Awahoshi. It's April 2nd through 8th 2018 and we've teamed up with them to offer you guys a discount to come to Bali and come to Bali Spirit Festival. So hopefully it's that extra little push to get you over here Use the code stay wild for $40 off the five day spirit pass or stay wild abundance for $50 off the full enchilada abundance pass. So hopefully for for those of you that are listening to the podcast and really resonating with the content, with the guests, with the spirit of Bali, it'll help get you here to Bali to meet some of the people that have come on the podcast and really join the spirit of what we're doing. If you do like the podcast, as usual, please subscribe. Write us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, share the show with your friends. It's available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and also Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. So, you know, every time you hear a bell, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> and every time you write a review and share the show, other people are able to find it. It moves us up in the rankings. So hopefully in the in the algorithm. So hopefully hopefully um, more people will find the show and can share in all of these amazing stories and journeys and niche expertise. So I hope you're enjoying today's episode and let's get back to it. All right, little humans, we're back with Anna Bucciarelli. Hi, Anna. Hello. So before the break, we were talking about artistic process, uh, having confined boundaries in your work so you can have the freedom within them. And I want to talk a little bit about how life is like that kind of, because you have a full (laughs) life, right? I mean, you know, you have two kids under the age of four, you have a partner, you have a full-time job that you're going back to, which is very exciting. So I want to hear a little bit about how your
2: art enhances that. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it's a very important thing to explore. And I think, you know, in the perfect world, we would have, uh, you know, the time to paint and the time to relax and the time for our family. Uh, you, life doesn't work that way. Um, you kind of have to be able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that finding the balance is, uh, it's, a, it's a constant struggle. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And, uh, it, it's a lot of work. And I, I think with everything, whether it's art or, you know, your career in business or whatever it is that you're creating, your parenting, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of a working process. I, I, I don't think anyone has uh, all the answers, you know, I'm happy to share sort of my, my tips and, and my vision. And yeah, how absolutely. I've been able to make it yeah, work. Absolutely. Because, um, you know,
0: like, like what we were saying earlier, you know, you're creative, um you didn't get back to your creative life until your mid to late 20s like a lot of us so for you know for those yeah. for those little humans who went to art school and who really felt empowered at a younger age it's a it's a different journey and there's a couple of people i've talked to who are pretty successful making their art and sharing it with the world but it hasn't come about in an organic way and in that time you know life went other places and you got to do different things and learn different things and and have different experiences
2: right and you know, I think the wonderful thing about wonderful thing about being an artist is that it's never too late to kind of you know, if you stop. And in my case, I've, I mentioned I stopped for almost a decade. Yeah. Pick it up and 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 start again, um, and you might discover new things about yourself and and your style and and the things that you create that are informed by all the other aspects of your life. And so I think that's that's a big one. So um you know there's a tendency sometimes to feel like you know i have to be i have to commit to one thing and 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 be great at it and you know that's okay and that's one approach um you can focus on your career or you can focus on raising a family and and i think you know if you're lucky to know what it is that you want to do and and you can focus on that fully that's that's fantastic i think you know um most of the time we have uh, different areas in our life that may influence what you want to do. And I think the trick is in that case to say, okay, you know, it's not easy and it's not going to be easy, but my experiences in, in, in one world, it could be a business world or it can be parenting, can enrich my experiences as, a, as an artist and, and the way uh, I create. And so you kind of look for that balance all the time. And in my case, you know, I can't lie, like I haven't slept in five years, but (laughs) two kids um, under the age of four. No one
0: thought you were sleeping.
2: <laughs> um, but and and you know I'm lucky too. I have a very 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 supportive family, including grandparents who come and and, and um, I, I live with my father-in-law who is always always uh, you know helping and, and babysitting and, and yeah. You have a village, you know, so it's, it I, don't village. Do, I don't I don't I yeah. don't do it. Al- yeah, it takes a village. I don't do it al- alone. Alone, um, but I think you know instead of seeing uh, this as an obstacle, I try to look at it as an opportunity to, you know, to experience life in, in many different ways. And, yeah, I don't, um, you know, often get the time that I want to maybe draw everything I want, but um, I also really, really enjoy Kind of talking to my kids about the stuff that I that I draw and uh, and listening to my older one kind of you know give me his uh, his perspective and he would prefer if I painted vacuums all day but um, <laughs> you know because that's what he loves <laughs> you know He's sometimes smart. we, sometimes we paint a unicorn exactly so vacuums are um, you know, intriguing I think,
0: when you're a small child they really are it, it is, there's a you know yeah, there's you like, like a be yeah no I I mean when I was a kid I was just like oh wow Yeah. It was, yeah. It's interesting technology, right? Yeah. And I think exactly it's one of those things where it's, I think your art is really inspiring in general, but there's also, uh, there's also an accessibility there because you have a normal life, you know, you have kids, you have Mm -hmm. family, you have a full-time job and it's, you know, like we were saying in the break, you know, for a lot of people who have that traditional path, their lives revolve around their art and, and that's so beautiful in so many ways. And for others like us, you built a life and then your art revolves around that, which is equally mm-hmm. as beautiful. And, you know, for me personally, I think that there's also, there's also an, an extra level of inspiration that comes from having a multifaceted life. Like w- between all the different artistic disciplines and creative projects and people and art and jobs and you know, whether they're career jobs or whether it's, you know, freelance work that you're picking up to fund your art, there's an inspiration that comes from it and it sometimes can make it that much sweeter because, you know, you have the, the work that is on the other side of that
2: joy. Totally. Um, and, you know, I keep uh, telling myself and I guess anyone who asks, because um, I, I, I get a lot of messages from people asking me, like, you know, how, how do you how do you do what you do? Um, you don't have to move to New York and, you know, be a struggling artist to create something wonderful. You can live in a small town or a big town and paint in your kitchen and and still do things that uh, that resonate with people. You know, and again, going back to our earlier conversation about social media and sharing your process, I think one of the things that I find that's really lovely is uh, a lot of uh, successful artists that I admire and follow. Um, you know, they're, they're mothers. They're you know, they they um, they don't have a loft studio. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in, in, I mean, but does, in, does, in, uh, don't you
0: want, sometimes don't you want one though? Like, you know, my life's pretty great. I work really hard for it, but you know, sometimes I just think, oh, what would it be like to give it all up and move to New York
2: I, city? I, have I, I do. And time. I have that thought <laughs> all lie. the time. <laughs> and, and I, and I, I think, uh, after, uh, meeting you, um, virtually and, yeah. uh, talking to you, um, I have this recurring dream of moving to Bali, but you know, let's be, <laughs> let's be realistic. Probably. Won't happen in the next few years. Come visit. Come uh, visit. You no, know, it's not. I mean, living uh, here is, I,
0: it's, it's like living anywhere, but visiting here is great. Yeah.
2: I think, I think one day I, uh, I just have to uh, find a lot of babysitters. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, absolutely.
2: It it will happen. I,
0: I, I'm optimistic. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying about, about the romance of it, right? Because no matter where you are, even if, even if, you know, we do both give up our entire lives and move to New York city or Bali and get a loft, you know, and feel like a, Mm -hmm. you know, like an authentic struggling (laughs) artist. It's still, you know, you still have to go to the grocery store. You still have to pay the electric bill. Like, you know, there's still a human element to it. And I think, you know, anything can be romanticized, right? Like, and, and there's a lot of, especially now what I love about showing the process and really talking about that process and getting into the nitty gritty of it is that success is so easy to admire, right? It's so easy to romanticize and glamorize. And I mean, you know, you had a billboard in Times Square, you designed the Starbucks cup, you know, you, you did a commemorative coin. I think you've done a couple for Canada. Like those are big projects and they're, you know, they come with mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of of accomplishment attached, absolutely. You know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you have two small kids that are under four and you still go to the grocery store and you still pay your electric bill and you're in Canada and it's winter is coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but here's the thing about it. And, and I think, you know, this is something that was an unexpected sort of learning for me. And, you know, I'd be happy to to share because it it might actually work for 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 some people who are not maybe ready to move to New York and <laughs> get aloft uh, here, here's the thing that that uh, I've learned and it's probably one of my biggest learnings as, as an artist uh, and it kind of goes back to our conversation about constraints mm. so because I don't work full-time as an artist and I don't rely on necessarily on the income from my art and because I have such limited time to do the work that I do, um, when it comes to making commercial art, I have the freedom to only take the projects and only take the clients that I really believe would uh, would be a good fit for me. So, in other words, I don't take every job that comes my way. Um, and it's a luxury that I can afford by You know, doing other things by having a full time job and supporting myself in in a different way so that when an opportunity comes like the, you know, designing money for for my country or doing something else that's, you know, that's uh, exciting, I have the time, I make the time. But if it's, um, you know, perhaps something where, you know, oftentimes you work with a client and, you know, they don't necessarily want to, for the lack of a better term, respect your style and they kind of want, want you to go in a direction that you don't want to go to, um, I have the freedom to say no thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I think, you
2: know, that's only something you can do if you don't have the, the financial pressure and the pressure to kind of make it work regardless. Um, so, I think I found that um, it was kind of a surprising and unexpected benefit of um, not doing this full time and not relying on this as, as my income is. I only work with clients that I really like. but you know that's uh, you kind of have to sacrifice to be in that position and you sacrifice by doing other things.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think there's good in both sides of that, right? Like you don't get to paint full time, but at the same time, you get to really do things that you connect with, and then also it it can mm-hmm. even further your brand because it maintains the integrity of your vision.
2: Exactly, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, and you know, I th- there were many, many cases over the last few years where I said no to a project, but spend my time on, you know, just painting the things that I wanted to paint because they make me happy. And so, you know, again, this is all about finding that balance and I'm comfortable with that. Um, yeah. and the people who, you know, it's not, who, for, not for everyone, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and the people
1: who
0: re- resonate with that work are really the people that resonate with your body mm-hmm. of work. So it, right.
2: Yeah, it definitely helps you as, as you said, it helps you kind of, um, keep your, your style and your visual language pure. And then you kind of attract more work and more clients that are really in love with your style. And, uh, I think, you know, it's again, it's just one way of approaching it, but, uh, it, it worked for me. Absolutely.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Stay wild. You can check out Anna, Anna, where can people find you?
2: Well, you can find me on uh, line. My, my website is, uh, www.annabucciarelli.com. Uh, it's, uh, double C double L. <laughs> um, you can probably just, uh, Google it and, uh, it will pop up and on Instagram, I'm Anna double N dot M as in Michael dot Bucciarelli. Um, and if you really want to find some uh, art prints and originals, I'm on Etsy as uh, Watercolor Bell.
0: Watercolor Bell. All right. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes for you guys. Anna, thanks again for coming on <laughs> the show.
2: You. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you for everything you do. It's been a pleasure. Oh, same.
1: All right, little humans, here's today's Toast poem. As usual, it's a bit unrelated, but it's another original. Here we go. I feel the space you put between us. Time, distance, other people. It might matter if we were different. They might matter if I loved you any less. We might matter if you loved me any more. It must be heavy for you. My eyes full of gratitude and grace. Being adored can be a weight. Don't let me be. Take your time. Have your space. Love who you must. Live your life. The things you've placed between us can't grant you your freedom. Not even I can do that. Only you. By receiving by releasing no distractions, no avoidance, no space, no time, no people, no you, no me.
0: All right, little humans, that's today's show. Big thanks to Anna Bucciarelli for coming on and sharing her incredible story of her art, all the successes around that, and the balance as a creative person. So really a, an amazing treat. I'm so glad we got to take our friendship from Instagram into podcast world. I hope you guys enjoyed today's poem. And as usual, please like the show, subscribe, share with all your friends. If you're coming to Bali Spirit Festival, use our codes. And until next time, little humans, stay wild.
1: So we keep on keeping on.